to another episode of the Purposeful Project. Thank you for tuning in again to the Purposeful Project. Uh, we have a wonderful and amazing guest with us today, Yahya Abdul Hadi. I was gonna ask you actually one big thing that I see even for myself and just people asking me like, what is this? Or the biggest thing that uh, kind of like pushes everybody away and deteriorates them away from Islam that I find is that it's literally made so much more complicated than it is. It is so simple. We're and tired moment, our cultures into exactly, it. it is yeah. so simple in like the sense of like, if we just break Islam down to like, okay, it is made because of this, and this is the reason why. Like we explained, and it's like because it's a just, lifestyle. Exactly, in exactly. And the moment everything gets extra, and we start putting extra things on, it and it's like, no, you can't do that, and you can't do. It just becomes a whole mumbo-jumbo thing where it's like, I don't even want to do this. This is, this is just, like, I can't even move. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's... And, and, the big, and there's two main issues with that. The, the first is that people don't know why they believe what they believe. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Why a, right? so a, lot of, a lot of individuals, they, they, they got Islam from their parents. Mm-hmm. Their parents got Islam from their parents. Mm-hmm. They pass it down to their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, there's no reason of, you know, we do this and... and and um, this is why we do this. It's do this. If you don't do this, you're bringing dishonor on the family. Yeah. You know, you're bringing dishonor on the community. Yeah, Allah Taala will punish you. Allah will punish you. You know, mm-hmm. like and it's a lot more scary when somebody says, "Hey, I'm going to be mad at you if you do this," and somebody says, "Allah is going to punish you." Mm-hmm. You know, and I know I have I, I know people. I grew up with people who not only did they go after, they left Islam. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest reasons they left Islam is because they said this is too. Um, suffocating yeah and, and right? sometimes it goes way too much like even you know growing up sometimes if we don't read Quran or if you don't read Quran this is gonna what's gonna happen to you you won't be able to talk you won't be able to and all these different things it's right. fear based there's there's a hadith where a man came to the messenger of Allah and it's got, just to show you how simple Islam is mm. and he came to the messenger of Allah and he was a new Muslim and he said okay tell me what I need to do to get to Jannah and the messenger of Allah said, told him he said you need to pray you need to fast you need to give zakah you need to go for Hajj Right? And he said, I'm going to do that and I'm not going to do anything extra. And the companions, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with all of them, they were, they were people of excellence. You know, they'd pray the night prayer and they'd fast extra fast and they'd give extra money. So they looked at this man like he was crazy. You know, they're like, you're going to do that and nothing extra? This guy's never going to get to Jannah. And the Messenger of Allah said, if he's truthful, he's going to get into Jannah. Right? So yeah. the, th- the number of things you, you actually have to do are very few. Yeah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to not do a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. But He's so forgiving and merciful that even if we were to do those things yeah. and we were to say, Oh Allah, forgive me, He would forgive us. Right? Mm-hmm. So the equation is a very simple equation. But like you said, people overcomplicate it. And one of the biggest reasons why I, why I think that it's, it's even more complicated now is because we now have Islam coming to us from many different countries. You know, mm-hmm. like if, we, if we were to go back to like our parents' generation, they all came from the same country, you know? So, for example, Somalis were all what Sunni Shafi'is. Mm. You know, there's no you, everybody in the community is saying the exact same thing. You know, mm. so it's it's not that hard to follow. But when you come here, we got our Hanafis and we got our Malikis and we got our Shafi'is and we got our Hanbalis and all these different schools of thoughts and madhabs and and you know you go to the masjid. I remember we, you can add this or not, but it's funny story. Let's get I remember one time I went to the masjid. I was praying, and then I was coming back up from Rukur, and I put my hands on my chest. Yeah. All right, and then I finished my salah. This guy came to me after Salah, he was raging. Yeah, yeah. And he went off on like a 45-minute talk. You're not allowed to put your hands on your chest. They need to be by your side. What's wrong with you? You're going against the Sunnah, the Messenger yeah, of Allah. Yeah. Do you hate the Messenger of Allah? Uh, and, yeah. and 
had I been anybody else, I would have probably been like super depressed, no. right? But I looked at him, I was like, yo, you're a crazy dude. You know, I was like, get out of my face, right? But it's like, it's those little things, even tahiyat, whether you're going uh, at a certain pattern or a certain pace, yeah. and, 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 or and, even, you know, actually in the message as well, like my father had a, um, a paper towel just on the, on the mat because yeah. his head gets a reaction from the carpet, mm. his forehead, so when he was praying, they're like, you're putting a paper towel, you're praying to the people, and it's like, it's not that no, deep, and, you know? and, and that's like, especially in our understanding of Islam, we need to be able to separate between what is obligatory, no. um, what is recommended, what is, it doesn't really matter, what is disliked, and what is haram. We, we have to have that separation. Mm -hmm. But everybody's like, oh, if you, we do this, you have to do this. If you don't do it, then... Mm -hmm. what is, so what is the simple way of like, let's say, like our generation right now, like how do we simplify things into like where can we go yeah. to find the simple resources where it's in order okay. in order for us to grow too? Because we keep talking about the same things in the message. We keep talking about the same topics, the same you know. We go through the same motions, but mm. how do we grow in, out of this so that we have the foundations and just keep going up? That's a tough question, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. That's, that's a tough question. But you take it back to basics, mm -hmm. right? Make sure you're doing your basics, and then you drown out all the noise. Right, because at the end of the day, your relationship is between you and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Right, that's that's yeah, the first. Yeah, yeah. The second is, um, we cannot gauge the iman of anybody else. Right, mm -hmm. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, on the day of judgment, yes, He has told us do these things and don't do do and don't do these things. But situation is also very important. Yeah, you go back to the basics, and the thing is, Islam is not very different from any other pursuit that we have in our lives right nobody starts anything at like the advanced level right you gotta take you, you gotta go through the beginner level to the intermediate level to the advanced level right and like i said there's there's a handful of things that you need to be on top of right for you to get that intrinsic jannah may allah admit us into jannah I mean, how do we make islam simple how do we make islam simple and then once you take it back to the basics try and improve on something small as you move forward so don't try and do everything as well because you're going to get fatigued, mm -hmm. right? So let's say, for example, that you, know, you, you want to add an extra good deed to your life. Pick one good deed, do it until it's consistent. Once you find that it's consistent and it becomes habit, then add on another good deed mm -hmm. and slowly progress like that. That's sort, of, that's sort of how some of the hafad that I know that they said that they implemented things into their life from the Quran is that they would just take one ayah, even the Sahaba at the time, they mm -hmm. take one ayah or a group until that's implemented in your life, you move to the next side. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I, I, I remember what I was trying to say now is understand that the relationship between you and Allah is unique, right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows your struggles, He knows your difficulties, He knows what you're going through, He knows why you got to where you're at. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not, a lot of people think that Allah is like this vengeful God, you know, that, mm -hmm. that you know, if, oh, if I take a wrong step, oh, I'm going to get hit with a lightning bolt. No, right? You have to understand that Allah has his, his, the things that he has made haram, but a person's intentions are what can bring a person back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. So you might not be even be doing the most, but just that, that, uh, that intention that you have to grow closer to Allah and to get, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Watch, watch it be a simple word. Uh, no. To, uh, to get better, right? <laughs> so that, that, that relationship, that, uh, that, that, um, that desire that you have to go closer to Allah and to get better is all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for, right? And we know that if you, if you do that, if you develop that desire, then the path to go back to Allah becomes easier and Allah will assist you on that path, 
You see what I'm saying? And there's, a, there's another hadith where Allah says, whoever walks to Allah, Allah runs to him. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, so, so now let's say I'm a person and I've knocked off my course. I'm yeah. trying to do this. I'm trying to X, Y, Z, get better on my dean and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How do I know and how can I... And let's say it's something I feel really bad about. Yeah. Who am I to, like, let's say, get back and ask for forgiveness if I keep on making these mistakes? And go. then yeah. why would Allah accept me or why would Allah forgive me? For whatever things I do, you just made a, you just made an excellent point, and the ex- and the point is that we tend to treat the relationship we have with Allah the same way that we treat the relationships that we have with each other, mm-hmm. right? Right now, if I were to wrong you, Adnan, you know, I were to cross you, the first time you might forgive me for type, second time you might forgive me, third time you might forgive me, the fourth, fifth, tenth, fiftieth, hundredth time, mm-hmm. like get out of my face, mm-hmm. you know, like your words mean nothing because you, you keep doing the same mistake. Mm-hmm. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us many times in the Quran and the hadith that he's the exact opposite of that. That the only time Allah stops forgiving us is when we stop asking him for forgiveness. Right? And there was actually a man who came to the messenger of Allah. That's hard. Right? There was actually a man who came to the messenger of Allah. And he came to him and he was a bit ashamed of a sin he committed. And so he started talking in the third person. And he said, O oh, messenger of Allah, what if a person commits a sin? And the messenger of Allah said, then Allah will write a bad deed against them. And he says, and what if such, such a person were to repent from that sin? Then he said, then Allah would wipe that sin from their slate. And he said, and what if a person were, were to fall into the exact same sin? And he said, Allah will then again write that sin for them. Mm-hmm. And he said, and what if a person were to again repent from that same sin? And the Messenger of Allah said, then again, Allah would wipe that slate clean. And the man tried to ask the question a third time, and the Messenger of Allah said that Allah is never going to ever stop forgiving his servants, so long as his servants never stop asking Allah for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... It's that personification of Allah that we do that, and that comes from shaitan, by the way, because shaitan, he hits you with that one too. Mm-hmm. The one is that he, he makes you think about a sin again and again and again and again until you end up doing it. Mm-hmm. And in the moment you commit the sin, he hits you with that guilt, you know, where you say, what kind of person, there's no way I can go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because look what I just did, mm-hmm. right? And so the easiest way to break free from that is to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's greatest quality is that He is forgiving of all sins. There is no limit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. And if we place a limit on that, then that's, that's a fault on our parts. Yeah. I think that's what we need to bring for, to our community, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's in our schools and, and even our, our, what's being taught to the youth mm-hmm. at the masajid as well, and even beyond that, because again, if we have that positive reinforced learning and education, mm-hmm. that's the way that we can actually build the youth and even our current generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still consider us as youth and we still have a long ways to go. So it's mm-hmm. if we can change our thinking to a more positive base one, but then also not be okay with normalizing things because we're like, oh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most forgiving. Exactly. It's all and, good. And that's what I'm saying. Like, because, you know, some people might be listening to the podcast and you might, they might feel this is a bit kumbaya, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, still, it's, Allah subhanahu wa still has Exactly. Allah has, Allah has made certain things haram upon us, you know, and there are punishments if you do those haram things. But Islam is about a balance. Right? Everything in Islam is balanced. Allah says, like Allah has made us a very balanced nation. Right? So we need to be on that balance, not going to one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to realize when we're going to extremes. Right? So if we find ourselves, and um, I forget the name of the scholar, right? mm-hmm. but there was one of the early scholars, he said that um, belief in the heart of a believer needs to be like two wings of a bird. Right? And they need to have hope and fear. So that when you feel too hopeful, you know, you're doing all sorts of sins because you're like, yo, Allah is the most forgiving. Mm-hmm. I'm chilling, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to meet up tomorrow. I'm going to do that sin and then I'm going to make tawbah afterwards because Allah is yeah, the most yeah. forgiving. 
you need to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also has punishment prepared for those who are consistently disobedient. For sure. And the moment you feel anxiety, the moment you feel overcome, and you say there's no way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive me because I've done so much and there's nobody who can possibly forgive me, you need to remember, you need to have hope. And you need to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving. So, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah, like you said, so it sounds like you're just always having that balance. You have yeah. to have that balance, right? I, life equals balance, and that's, that's exactly and, what And it saying. differs from, pre from person to person, you know? No. Personally, myself, I'm a much more optimistic individual, you know? No. I find myself too much on the hopeful side sometimes, you know? No. Rather be like, ah, Allah is the most forgiving. It's okay, you know? And so for a person like me, I need to consistently remind myself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also has punishment. Somebody might, might have like, crippling anxiety and all they can remember is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has punishment. So they need to remind themselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also sure. the most forgiving. And again, that goes back to your point of Islam is such a personal, uh, you know, it's a personal thing to every individual. It's mm -hmm. so unique to each person. It's between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. So given all this conversation, what we're talking about, how do you think we can start to implement this in our own day lives in small pieces so that mm -hmm. collectively as a community we can grow? How do we implement this level of mindfulness and positivity? I see this a lot with converts as well, mm -hmm. where they'll, they'll try to start practicing and they will be doing the most, right? They will go to an extreme. And the issue with that is it's unsustainable. Yeah, right? yeah I remember it's, even growing up in, in grade five, we had a teacher at Beast Muslim School mm -hmm. and she would spend 45 minutes praying mm -hmm. and which is phenomenal. Alhamdulillah, it's amazing. But it's not sustainable, like you're it's, saying, it's, you're going to burn out after a exactly, while. Exactly, it's not sustainable, right? And that's why the Messenger of Allah says that it's the sustainable. most beloved deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the consistent actions, even if they're small, right? Mm -hmm. Because what we want is consistency. We want something that's long-lasting. Mm -hmm. We don't want, you know, like, all right, I'm feeling great, I'm feeling religious, let mm -hmm. me pray night prayer for two hours, and then I only do that once in my lifetime, right? Exactly. Right, we want, if you, if you can pray two minutes every night, that's yeah. much more beloved to Allah, right? Yeah. So what, so what actions and steps that we could take as a community to actually grow and make us better? And where can we improve on kind of thing? Yeah, the, um, I think the most important thing that we need to do as a community is to have a unified goal. And we really don't, especially within the Muslims in the Lower Mainland, everybody is broken off into their own little groups, right? And, every, and yes, we're, at the end of the day, we're all Muslim. You know, we all believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we all have secondary goals that differ from one another. And most of the time, those secondary goals is the preservation of culture. So mm -hmm. every group wants to make sure that their culture is preserved. Yeah, because right? you're saying we all come from different countries it, now. Exactly. And that's why, and you'll see, you see this a lot in the diaspora where you'll have um, masjids that are now opened up um, to accommodate a specific culture. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have your, your Pakistani masjid, you have your Bangladeshi masjid, you'll have your Somali masjid, you'll have your... Yeah, yeah. Right? And... That's great if you want to preserve culture, but then you have to understand, at the end of the day, you're going to have to pick one. Exactly. Do you want to preserve your culture or do you want to preserve your religion? Mm -hmm. Right? Which one's more important in your eyes? Right? Because at the end of the day, one of them is going to leave. You're not going to... Oh, you're, sure. you're, 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 everything that you had growing up as a child, as a parent, you, some of it is going to get lost over the next generation. And whatever gets lost is, is what you don't place importance on. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you want to place importance on the religion, and that should be the stronger identity that we hold, then we need to have a unified goal of the preservation of religion over the preservation of culture. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And so when we have that, then I, I believe that's the first step towards working together. Mm -hmm. Because this is not a job for one person. This is not a job for 10 people. This is a job that we all have to do together. Oh, for sure. I don't, right? I don't think we'll see it anytime soon in the right? coming no, years. It's, it's going to take, right? Have to you, have, you have clash of egos. You have clash of agendas and ideals, right? And mm -hmm. that's something that we've been dealing with for 
I mean, human beings have been doing that forever, you know, for sure, right? For or not? Sure. Yeah, but for, focusing, for, focusing, just bringing it into Richmond, Vancouver. Exactly. What, 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 what can we do? Is we can realize because the thing is, you can't provide a solution if you don't realize there's a problem. For sure. Yeah. Right? Acknowledgement is the first. Exactly. Step. We need to realize that we have a problem, and the problem we have is that the people our age do not feel connected with Islam, mm -hmm. right? You don't, right? You can. A lot of people. It's all about you know. I'm going to do what I need to do in life, and Islam has become secondary. Or tertiary or quaternary, you know? Yeah. Um, and bringing in that biology. There you go. You see what I'm saying? No, I was thinking about lipid molecules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was thinking about the tertiaries. We have to we have to bring Islam back into the forefront. And that can only come when those in power, those in positions of authority, leadership. Elite positions of leadership place an importance on what we need to place an importance on, mm -hmm. right? Because kids are impressionable, mm -hmm. right? Whatever you tell them to do, they're going to do until they get to that age where, you know, they start thinking for themselves, mm -hmm. right? And then they're going to be like, oh, wait, well, some of the stuff you're saying is whack, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and all of that, like I said, all of that comes from going back to the fundamentals of what our faith actually says. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And again, that starts with um, the understanding of who Allah is. And when you understand who Allah is, you're going to love him. And when you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then everything else is going to fall It'll be place. more natural. It's right? not, you're not learning the actions first, then the foundation. You're building the foundation first. The yeah. actions will come back. It, they definitely will. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. The, to end it off, uh, where do you see our community right now as in, like, in a positive light? Like where we are right now? Like, we is it? Good. Exactly. We're, like, alhamdulillah, like, I like to say that, and I've, I've seen a lot of other communities around the world. Vancouver, we have the benefit of being a baby community. You know, um, we're not like Toronto. We're not like some of the communities in the States um, that have, you know, people have been living there. Hundreds of Muslim, Muslim immigrants for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. You know, like my parents came 20 years ago, mm -hmm. right? So we're still, we're still a very baby community. Um, so one of the things, one of the benefits that we have, alhamdulillah, is that um, everybody is sort of on that level now where they're working towards seeing their goals achieved, right? I think one thing that we need to... Um, do is to sort of learn from the mistakes of other communities, right? Mm -hmm. The wise person is not the one who learns from his own mistakes, but the mistakes of others, mm -hmm. right? So we need, to, we need to look at other communities, see what they did good and take from that, see mm -hmm. what they did wrong and not follow um, in those footsteps. And mm -hmm. that's, that, that's a tall order, right? It depends, mm -hmm. it depends on who you talk to. And last and final thing, like where, where do you see yourself as in, what do you want to do to kind of empower our community? And what's your plans for it? My, my love, alhamdulillah, is like, um, at this point in time is the Quran, right? And um, the more I study the Quran, the more I want to study it. Um, and so if I can instill that love in other people, if I can take what I have been learning these past couple of years and um, bring that back to this community, that would, that would be my, my goal in life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of how I see the development of communities, right? Because if you look back at the life of the Messenger of Allah, right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to a bunch of like extremely stubborn desert Bedouins, you know, mm -hmm. and within the span of 23 years, they became powerful and strong enough to take over half the world, mm -hmm. right? And so that came through the Quran, right? The Quran is, mm -hmm. is transformative um, for the person who wants to be transformed, right? A lot of people, you know, they say like, oh, the Quran is nice. I read the Quran. The Quran isn't about taking like, you know, aesthetic picture on Instagram, you know, with like half a verse, you know, no. That's, <laughs> that's not why the Quran was revealed, right? Um, the Quran is, is transformative for the person who wants to be transformed, right? Are you talking about my story? Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have it on your story? I, I <laughs> right? Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I was saying, and it's uncomfortable. And the reason it's uncomfortable is because it tells us the truth about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, truths are hard to swallow. But if, sure. if, you're, if you're willing to overcome that, if you're, huh? yeah, yeah. If, if you're willing to look at, at those truths that the Qur'an has in it, and you're willing to use that to, to change your life, then you'll get nothing but blessings and benefit from that. Sure. And so my goal is to hopefully is to come back and to try and break down um, everything that I've been learning in a sort of yeah. understandable and... And, and, and then I'm planting the seed of the, the love and the passion for the Qur'an. Exactly. The yeah. I think yeah. that's something that we haven't really had much in our community. Mm -hmm. So again, like we were talking about, not to keep talking about that, but more fear-based, but if we come now with a more... Uh, passionate and love-driven, positively reinforced perspective. Mm. I think that's the beauty that we can prosper. We'll all do it together, yeah. inshallah. Yeah. No, Come together. Yeah. for your yeah. time, your yeah. wisdom, yeah. and uh, all of your teachings that you shared with us today. And inshallah, we'll see you here more often. Definitely. When you come back and, and wrap everything up. Definitely. For sure. It's, it's been nothing but amazing, man. Like I always told you, Thank like you you're very me. respected. Wallahi. It's amazing what you do, man. We all, everybody in this room looks up to you so much. I'll say it on here and I'll tell you in front of you. So, like, Allah, thank you, man. For real, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for tuning in to uh, Purposeful Project. We're signing out, ladies and gentlemen.